What's up, everybody? Welcome back to a new episode of Bricktown Breakdown. I'm here with my co-host, Hunter. Hunter, how are you doing handling this heat? Oh, I'm handling the heat. And you hear those fireworks? I'm handling those July 3rd fireworks, too. My dog's going insane downstairs. So, yeah, double whammy at the same time right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been, it's been a hot one these last couple of days. It looks like it's going to be the case for at least the foreseeable future. So, it's, it's the dog days of summer, wouldn't you say? Oh, big time. I hate it already. Like you said, round trip to Alaska, we'll be there uh, so we can recover from this. Yeah, and, you know, for agency, it's just a couple of days old, a couple of days old, but, you know, the first couple of days are when all the stuff happened after that, and I guess you can say the days that are kind of like the dog days or the off season as well, since it's not some of, like, major news. Um, can't really say this year, though, the whole Karen Durant stuff, but in terms of the Thunder, I feel like it made all of the major moves this off season already. Um, with Rudor and Mike Muscala and like the rest of the, the rest of the summer is just going to be like minor transactions like we saw uh, just yesterday and today. Um, with the first one being that the funder decided to sign Eugene Omarui to their second um, two-way spot on their roster. Um, Mo and Fergie Jr. previously held that spot. Uh, just for additional context, I think uh, Mark Daniel mentioned uh, right before the season ended actually that the original plan was for them to rotate guys uh, in and out on that second two-way spot. Uh, but because of the injuries to the front court, uh, they kind of had to keep a couple guys longer than they wanted to. Um, I think Olivia Sarr was one, one of them. Um, but uh, knowing all of that, it looks like the Thunder signing Eugene Amorogi, um to the two-way spot. Uh, never heard of this guy before <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> but I tell you. he was – Sam Presti has an infatuation with signing these 25-year-olds who never heard of him, really. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, last I mean, he, he won a draft in the uh, 2021 draft, and then he signed with the Mavericks, and he's, he played four games with the Mavericks on a two-way spot as well. Um, so this will just be a second season in the league. Um, but, yeah, he spent five seasons in college between uh, Rutgers and um, – what was it at college? It was bad podcasting. It was uh, Oregon. Yeah, records in Oregon. Um, so he spent five years there, uh, which probably explains why he's 25 and just heading into his second season. Uh, he's on that Caleb. He was on that Caleb Kelly career arc. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, um, yeah. Uh, any thoughts on this, Hunter? Yeah, I mean, you summed it up perfectly right there, saying, uh, Dag was saying last year they wanted that that second spot to you know just guys they could bring in and keep on longer extended. They're just going to make it open. So. Expect the season to be the exact same. Uh, the second two-way spot is going to be more fluid. Uh, also, people were wondering if Jay Will was going to ha- take on that uh, second two-way spot, but it looks like he's going to get a just a standard contract, probably what Jeremiah Robinson Earl got. So uh, just like like Clemente said, really, expect this second two-way spot to be a lot more fluid, a lot more people coming in and out. Uh, this is sort of like a Paul Watson Jr. signing of last year. Uh, older rookie, you know, like Clemente said, undrafted from uh, 2021 draft, so – he might play a little bit, but, you know, we'll be seeing a lot more guys in the second two-way spot as the year progresses. So, uh, just, you know, it just is what it is right now. Yeah. Do you actually think he'll make the roster opening night as a two-way player? Oh, that's a good question because I didn't think – I really didn't think Paul was, but he did. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to go yeah for now. And if he does, he'd probably get, like, waived or something 
if that were to if it, like if he goes out in balls, obviously he'll he'll stay. But like you know, if it plays out how it did previously with Paul Watson, expect like expect it to go down the exact same. I'd say. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I'm a, I'm the upside on that. <clears throat> I think the odds of him actually still being on the roster, whether it's the Thunder or the Blue, are probably like less than ten percent, uh, because this just doesn't make any logical sense. Um, I know, you know, as a rebuilding team, you kind of want to cycle through guys to see if anybody sticks. And I know, you know, this is just Eugene's second season in the league. But, like, he's already 25 years old. Um, at that point, he's probably stopped physically developing. I mean, his body's probably going to stay as is. Um, so, considering the fact that, you know, the punter have, like, already a little bit of roster crunch um, here with, like, a ton of, their, ton of their guys, they could really use that second two-way spot for somebody who have more has more upside uh, than Eugene. So, I don't know. I feel like – I think – I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but the funder signing Eugene to a two-way deal means that they get his rights, right? Which means that, you know, if they end up releasing him, they'll be able to sign him back to the blue. I think so. Uh, I'm, I, I don't, I'm not entirely sure, but I'm, I'm pretty sure you're right. Yeah, I'm thinking that's probably – I mean, that's probably the strategy here because other than that, I, can't, I just can't really make a ton of sense out of this. Um, hopefully, you know, this isn't another Paul Watson situation where – <laughs> he overstays the welcome both with the Thunder and the Blue because he really wasn't doing anything with the Blue, which kind of makes you wonder, like, what, what, why? what's the entire purpose of rostering this guy if he's not going to play any Blue minutes or Thunder minutes? Um, but, yeah, and like I said, especially with a super young rebuilding team who has, like, a ton of players um, who are going to need minutes, uh, giving one of the two two-way spots to someone who has no shot and being with the Thunder long term just feels like a waste of time for both parties. Um, but, yeah, those are my initial thoughts on it. I'm very confused a little bit. I'm pretty confused a little bit. Um, and, you know, it's not going to be a detriment to the franchise. I mean, most of the time, guys who are on two-way deals really don't amount to anything. Um, so it's not going to be a huge detriment to the franchise. It just, you know, doesn't really make a ton of sense, at least from – at least at the beginning of, of um, this tenure here. No, yeah, I totally agree. I was like, especially when I saw his age, I was like, oh, no, we're entering another Paul Watson era, aren't we? Because, you know, like you said, I mean, he might not be with the team whenever the, the season starts, but, you know, you never know because I really honestly didn't think Paul was going to be with us much longer. And he stayed way, way longer than I ever expected. So uh, we'll see, I guess. Uh, like he said, I mean, obviously, I think Oklahoma City really takes advantage of their two-way slots more than any other team in the league. I mean, we've seen that with, like, Moses Brown, uh, Deontay Burton, and Lindy Waters, obviously, and even Aaron Wiggins when he was on two-way contracts. So they they really like to take advantage of that two-way spot. So we'll see what they do with it. But it's nothing big to where I'll be like, what what what's going on? But like like you said, it just makes you wonder, like, why right now? But, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, it, it's nothing too big, but it's just kind of confusing, like you said. Yeah, yeah. Um... And, you know, the other player who has a two-way spot is Lindy Waters. Um, so that's that, that's really two sides that spark them where Lindy Waters is like really excited that the funder potentially got found something there. And then with Eugene, it's kind of like you kind of shrug your shoulders at trying to figure out what the purpose of the signing is. So <laughs> oh, the opposite sides. No kidding. But what, so you think he'll play summer league then or can he play summer league? Oh, yeah, he, he'll play summer league. I mean, I think that's probably one of the main reasons they want him. Yeah, and, you know, the punter still haven't released its summer league roster for whatever reason. Yes. Um, 
I'm still waiting for it. <laughs> yeah, so like we have no idea who's who's actually going to be going to Utah or Vegas or do you think it's just is it just going to be one roster or are they going to be releasing two different rosters for Utah and Vegas? And if so, are they going to release them at the same time or are they going to release the Utah one first? Or like, I don't know. Maybe that's why it's taking forever. They're trying to figure out the logistics of it. <laughs> oh, Clemente, you know Sam Presti will do everything in his power to make sure if they are separate rosters, he'll release them at completely different times to confuse us and make us wonder. Yeah, Sam's using the same, the same strategy playoff teams use with, like, injured players <laughs> waiting until <laughs> the very last second until they designate it's, them clear to play. This is summer league, Clemente. we got to be competitive now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, man. So, and, like, the other big news, um, oh, well, do you have anything else you want to do that or do you think we're worried about everything? Oh, uh, one uh, quick note on the summer league roster. Ben Ben Kreider, our friend, Nutristix, uh, basically he confirmed that Gabe Brown and Jaden Shackelford, I think is his name, uh, from Alabama. Gabe Brown's from Michigan State, and I can't remember the third guy, but they're confirmed to be on the on the summer league roster so far. But we don't have an entire roster yet. But those are just a couple that have been confirmed. Yeah, and we have we have, we have a pretty good idea. Like who else is going to be on there? It's probably going to be second and second year players and rookies. Um, even second year players like Josh Giddy were like <laughs> way too good to be wasting his time in summer league going to be playing. Oh man. Oh well. I mean, yeah, like you said, they're way too good to be on it. But you know, I guess like I said, Sam hasn't won much recently. We haven't won much as an organization. So summer league championship, that's what we're rooting for at this point. Yeah, how wild is it? Is this, this is gonna be Focus first summer league? That is that is insane, actually. Uh Man, I, <laughs> all this time and then finally they're like you know what third year poku we're kind of worried right now go ahead go out there and do what you can do yeah i mean i mean the nba didn't have summer league in 2020 because of covid um poku was drafted in november and then played his first nba game like a month later <laughs> <laughs> um and then last year he didn't get summer league because the team wanted to be like individually work out or whatever i guess um some weird sorry, yeah um, I mean, they probably regret that now that he's playing similarly all of a sudden in his third season or entering his third season. But yeah, um, you got that going on. And like, you know, another news like that's happened this weekend. Uh, the funder decided to waive Isaiah Roby. Uh, this comes like just a couple of days after they picked up his uh, team option, which is like 1.9 million. Uh, but the fund had until July 3rd to make it fully guaranteed. Which is weird. I mean, I'm not like a contract expert or anything, but like, how often is that the case on there where you pick up a team option, but you still have an out to not make it fully guaranteed? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's weird how that works. Like, you know, get like that little time forever, I guess, like to <laughs> just reverse anything you want to. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's interesting they have that kind of clause in there. But I mean, you know, whenever that first was enacted, like, you know, when Roby first got his uh, player option picked up, I initially thought we were going to go into, you know, what Sam Presti said, the training training camp, they're all going to duke it out and see what happens. But now I, I'm kind of starting to think that he did that as like sort of like to extend it a little bit because I think he might have been trying to get him uh, an asset out of Roby, trying to trade him and just nothing kind of worked out. Yeah, I mean, so – so this, I don't know if you know the answer to this, but so does Roby get his 1.9 million or like, does he get none of it? Or does he get oh, yeah, part, and, partial of it? And <clears throat> they had up until tomorrow, July 4th, I think is what it was, uh, to, you know, just waive him completely and not have to pay him anything. So it's non-guaranteed. So they don't have to pay him anything. 
Wow, man, that's a tough break for Roby, man. I feel for him. He went from seeing 1.9 million to nothing, man. That's tough. But hey, he's he's still a pretty solid player, so I think someone will will pick him up and he'll he'll get his payday back. Yeah, for sure. I mean, considering how Twitter was was acting today, I mean, <laughs> you think of under fumble the bag there. Oh yeah, well, obviously we let go of uh, the the modern day Bruce Bowen or. <laughs> But now, I mean, you know, like you said, Isaiah Roby is a good player. I mean, when he's played, he's show, he's been productive. But the problem is that he hasn't played a ton, um, which I don't know, which, you know, probably means he wasn't uh, the coaching staff's biggest fan, um, which, you know, that could be the coaching staff's fault. Um, at, um, it could also be Roby's fault. I guess we'll, I guess we'll find out the answer here soon if uh, how he plays with next season if he gets signed to another team um but yeah you know when he was healthy his last couple of seasons and he was given you know playing time he was pretty productive um solid he really improved his outside shooting over the years um he's in rebounder um but yeah i mean we kind of felt like Roby was kind of probably gonna be like one of the first guys out in terms of like you know making decisions of guys who aren't going to be here because they need to uh need to um, just have 15 guys and like two two-way guys. I mean, probably Roby was, was going to be one of the easier decisions to make. Uh, so that happened. Um, but, yeah, I mean, what are just your thoughts on a decision and just, you know, Roby's tenure overall with this team? Yeah, uh, I was just, you know, initially when that happened, when I saw the news, I was kind of surprised because mostly, I mean, I wasn't surprised it got cut. I was just surprised that it happened now. Uh, it makes sense, obviously, because like I said, his contract w- wouldn't be guaranteed if they waived him now until after July 4th. Uh, it, it just, I thought that Sam was going to go full on ahead, keep this entire like 20 man roster basically intact until, uh, you know, the, all the way up until like the beginning of the season when you had to make final cuts. But, you know, I mean, obviously th- now we have all these players that are, lo- jag- I mean, uh, just jamming up the front court right now. Uh, you got Chet Holmgren, obviously, we just drafted him, and Jalen Williams, who you're obviously going to be signing to a standard contract deal now after we saw what happened with the second two-way deal. Uh, and then you have Jeremiah Robinson Earl, who is, you know, probably either going to be starting or maybe coming off the bench, but he, more, more than likely he'll be a starter this next coming up season. Uh, and then, you know, Darius Baisley's still on the team there, too. And you just, you know, even before Chet and Jalen Williams got here, you were still trying your best to find minutes for Isaiah Roby. And they just really didn't come up until the second half of the season when everybody was injured and they had to call up on Roby because he's the only body we had. So it, it makes sense that the Thunder would let him go. And, uh, you know, obviously contractual-wise, it makes a lot of sense too. I mean, other than Teo, he was probably the other easiest guy to let go. So uh, in that sense, it makes sense not letting him go. But, you know, overall, Isaiah Roby, he did his job while he was here, uh, came in from Dallas in a trade, and he, I mean, overperformed our expectations, I'd say. I, I thought he was going to be one of the first guys uh, knocked off the roster. Him and Kenrich, remember, whenever the for the 2020 season was starting, after the whole Chris Paul and Danilo Gallinari were leaving. But they, they showed out and they played well. Uh, Kenrich obviously stuck and Roby he still played well but obviously he just wasn't part of the future plan for the franchise and that's all right he's still an NBA player he's still really good he's got the NBA build I mean he's still like like he said he's improved his offense tremendously uh, shooting better from the outside uh, shooting better overall defense still needs a little work though obviously I mean you know it's just you know just the way he's six foot eight 
uh, too short to, to uh, guard bigs and just not laterally quick enough to guard guards or, you know, maybe keep up with a, a wing. But yeah, he still has, a, you know, an NBA archetype. He can play with anybody, really, be a bench player anywhere. He's still really, I mean, he's still decent. So he he'll he'll he should find himself uh, a home somewhere else, and he should I mean because he's obviously just still a, an NBA player. He, he's still good enough to to be in this league. So I, I wish him nothing but the best. I mean, he did his job while he was here. Uh, Thunder fans love him, and just you know, I hope for nothing but the best. And I hope whatever team gets him, they realize they have a pretty decent NBA player on their team, and they love what they got because he, he's a, pretty much a steal for all those contenders out there that need somebody. Yeah, I mean, I understand where people are coming from as to, like, why we release a good young player like Roby, but, like, he just he just didn't really fit with the team. Um, the Thunder have, like, plenty of forwards who will likely have better careers than guys like Chet and Derry and maybe um, Jay Will. Um, so, and, you know, the Thunder needed to clear up some minutes and, Rob- and roster spots, and Roby was, like, one of the easier decisions to make. Um, so... He, he's a good player. Uh, he just didn't really fit this team or the timeline of this team. Uh, you know, there's there, there's still a decent shot that this ends up being a mistake and Roby ends up having a, a long career being, you know, a decent backup forward um, for teams. Um, but, you know, if it does end up being a mistake, it won't be like a colossal mistake that sets the franchise back. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I understand where both sides are coming from here, but I lean more towards, you know, having to get rid of Roby, not because of how he's played, just uh, just because of the roster crunch. Yeah. I mean, what people don't understand is we're, still, we're struggling to find minutes for Poku right now. I can't imagine trying to find more minutes for Roby at this point. Yeah. And like you said, I mean, you theorize that, you know, maybe the reason why Sam picked up his option was to see if he had a market. Uh, and if that was the case, then clearly Roby didn't have a market. So, I mean, that just goes to show what league opinion is on him. Um, but yeah, good guy. Yeah, very good guy. I mean, he he he's a hard worker too because we, we all remember that story. I mean, he was working, studying his ass off at uh, Nebraska while oh, he was yeah. playing basketball. I mean, man, talk the hardest worker that I could think of. I could never do that if I had to play basketball uh, every other night on the flight and that's at, at night I have to do homework. You know, for the University of Nebraska, I think I would just fold. Yeah, Roby's a good guy. I'm not, I've only talked to him a couple of times, but like, he was very—he's very easy to talk to. Uh, yeah, he gives you media answers and all of that. So, good guy. Uh, I'm sure he'll find another NBA home. Um, and yeah, yeah. And uh, you know what? I hope you're happy, Mike. No, nah, I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> totally yeah, like took away Isaiah's Isaiah's job, basically. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just kidding though love Mike too they're both really good guys just that's just the way the NBA is it's just a business yeah sure well I mean anything else I wanted to talk about Hunter this is probably gonna be a relatively short pause we just wanted to kind of recap these couple of moves that happened over the weekend uh chill on the fireworks until tomorrow everybody because you're freaking my dog out <laughs> oh yeah man sure like it's been going on since like the 30th, if I'm being honest. Yeah. <laughs> and it'll keep going on until like July 7th. So buckle oh, up. Yeah. But yeah, um, in terms of podcasting, um, unless something crazy happens, we'll probably podcast after the three Utah games, uh, since they're all back to back to back. 
Uh, and we'll just recap. We'll Thursday just recap. night, right? Yeah, I think so. They start Tuesday. They play Wednesday and Thursday as well. So we'll probably call it on Thursday night. Just uh, just recap, you know, the Salt Lake City, Summer League in general. And I guess we'll just go from there and see, you know, if anything crazy happens during Summer League in Las Vegas, or like if, if a certain player has like a crazy game, then maybe we'll call it after that. But if everything goes relatively normal and relatively tame, then we'll probably just take the same approach with Las Vegas Summer League and wait until, you know, all the games are over with. Yeah. And, you know, apparently the roster crunch is alive and active right now, too. So you just never know. So keep keep updated. We'll, we'll, we'll let you all know. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, also side note, um, if you haven't filled out my Google survey yet, uh, make sure you do that. It's it's my pin tweet on my account on Twitter at C Almanza A-L, N for Michael A, N for Nancy, Z for Zebra A, 1007. Uh, it's just 18 questions. It should take about five minutes to just, you know, Asking how you feel about it's just asking you know how you feel about the franchise in general and, and the direction they're going through right now. Uh, so far, I collected like I think nearly twelve hundred responses. I'm hoping to add more here. Uh, I'll probably close that survey. Nothing set in stone, but I'll probably close it Thursday. Um, so you know that that gives you a few days to get it done. But yeah, like I said. It shouldn't take too long for you, like around five minutes. And like, you know, what's more patriotic than completing a survey, Hunter? I mean, come on. <laughs> too true. And also, well, real quick, on the transcript part, don't be nice to Clemente, okay? Just let it in, all right? Just <laughs> play all your criticisms, all your Ludor contract criticisms, whatever you want, okay? No, nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm just talking to you. I just want to, I just want to get a feel of like what the fan, fan base feels. Um, but yeah. I would greatly appreciate that. And we'll talk again soon, guys.